Hello everyone and welcome to our chat, season one, episode eight, God's plan for your life. Well, welcome everyone. It's a new year and it's our first episode of 2021. And um, it's Trisha here with Pastor Wayne. And we thought it would be fitting to start this um, year off with simply a, a podcast that's helping you to look ahead to 2021. Um, we're still in the first two weeks of 2021. So hopefully it gives you a good, um, a good launch pad to think about the year ahead and, um, and how you can get ready spiritually, professionally in your home life and personally. All right. So Pastor Wayne, I did like a full introduction and did not introduce you. Oh, well, <laughs> happy new year, everyone. Okay, so um, I'm going to be interviewing you for most of this one. Um, and I know that uh, we're going to be talking about just sort of how we can help people look ahead to the year. Uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to your life. It's a favorite scripture of many. It's one that I use with my kids um, as well when I'm trying to like teach them the balance between things they have a heart for and things God is calling them to. So um, tell us a bit about what your thoughts on that scripture, especially as we look ahead to a new year? You know, Matthew 6 is, um, interestingly enough, uh, one of the favorite scriptures of both my mother and father. They both chimed in that this was probably their leading verse for their lives. And so I've, I've made it one of the leading verses for my life, too. Um, the whole idea here is it's natural to seek our own plans but it's supernatural to seek the plans of God over our own plans. And so that's the whole idea. Seek first his, and then the rest will find their natural course. Um, so I think maybe as we come into the new year, it would be probably something we need to think about is what is God's plan for my life? And how am I going to get there? Uh, you know, uh, somebody said everybody ends up somewhere in life a few people end up somewhere on purpose. I really like right. that. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. We all do. Yeah. But few end up somewhere on purpose. And so how do we get to a, a planned destination without just happening to stumble upon it, which um, often doesn't necessarily accomplish what we had hoped for. And so I've, I have designated in my life and in, in multiple areas uh, a vision plan. And the vision plan is for me personally. I start with me. I can't really help anybody else if I'm not dealing with my own life. And so I've got a, actually a vision plan for my life, a map. I've got one for professionally. And professionally is your workplace. Mm -hmm. And the third one is, and that's the one we most often focus on. You know, for me as a pastor, you know, the church has a vision, has a mission statement. But um, not just the church. It's everyone. What is your professional, what you do for a, for a living, uh, what's your vision plan for that? Uh, and then domestically, our family, our loved ones, relationally. And the fourth one is uh, spiritually. Uh, so what is, what's my journey? What do I want my journey to look like? Um, what is the there going from here to there? What does the there look like? And so on. Anyway, those are the four things I think are really the guiding principles in order to fulfill God's plan for life. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, now, 
we have spoken in the past. I know as a pastor, probably all of the books of the Bible are your favorite books, <laughs> but I know <laughs> that you have a really um, sort of real keen liking to the book of Nehemiah. Um, so let's talk a bit about that, because I think that would probably help us as you continue to tell us about how we can build God's plan. Nehemiah has to be one of the most practical books. Uh, you can follow this guy because he's just an ordinary guy. And it's so easy to relate to him. And I find him an inspiration. Virtually every new year, I like to go back and just take another look at Nehemiah because he really uh, sets the example and sets the pace to how to go from uh, wherever we find ourselves into the great purposes of God. And, and here you have Nehemiah. He's just an ordinary man working for the government, uh, has a stirring in his heart. <clears throat> and so you have this, he, he, he sees a problem. And he, and he starts praying for the problem. And when he begins to pray for the problem, he begins to see himself as part of the solution to the problem. And the book of Nehemiah is taking him on this, uh, taking us, but showing us through Nehemiah this, this really uh, day by day, week by week, month by month journey that he begins from the point where he sees a need, a stirring in his heart. And it really started there, just a stirring in his heart that he ended up um, doing an incredible work that is talked about, was talked about for a millennial later. And that incredible work was the people that were, had come back from exile had a place of worship and they, but they had no identity. They, they were, yeah, they were wanted to worship God and they did their best, but they needed a wall. And he ended up building the, this massive wall and I think we have to get the whole, you know, Donald Trump wall out of our heads. Um, it wasn't that kind of a wall. It was a wall that gave them their identity. And until that wall was built, they really had no identity. They were uh, subject to, uh, to fear and to really inferiority until they had this wall. And Nehemiah saw that. He saw, if we don't deal with this, these people will never rise up to be everything God wants them to be. And so uh, he goes from this ordinary guy working for the government to a guy who strategically puts a plan in place and fulfills it and quite miraculously um, really sets the nation back in good standings again. Nice. Um, so you're telling us then that it's wise for us to have vision in four areas of our lives. Um, you said that most people sort of default to professionally, just by nature. So professionally, personally, domestically, and spiritually. Tell us a bit about, because I know that before each new year, you spend a little time where you sort of take, you know, it's your retreat time. Um, so tell us a bit about your vision for your life in these four areas. Yeah, I usually between Christmas and New Year's, I have for, for a long time that's the time for me to um, evaluate the year past mm -hmm. and uh, take a look at the upcoming year, uh, not just again professionally, but in all four of these areas, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I really believe God uses your circumstances to position and prepare you to accomplish his plan for your life. So where I am, as I finished out 2020, and who I am, he has positioned me in order to fulfill something for 2021. And so all of us, and that was really, you know, Pastor Trish in our last podcast, uh, a work of heart. That's really what it was about. This is a great segue out of a work of heart because a work of heart helps us to understand uh, 
how he has framed us up to the moment we are in from our past. But having known that, then we're in a position now to plan ahead for the future. And so I thought, you know, it's really hard. And for me to tell people, you know, personally in work and home life and church life to have a vision if I can't explain my own vision. And so uh, personally, uh, it breaks down into, and again, I, I met with them, a few of my colleagues yesterday, and I actually talked about this, about the personal vision. Because again, many times we get caught up in the big corporate vision, but I have a, uh, a vision for my health, uh, for the foods I eat, uh, for the exercise. And that vision has, is goal-oriented. I can measure it. Um, personally, I have a vision regarding uh, my own intellect. Uh, you know, I was, you know, some people were just naturally a, a, an honor student in school. You, they were always the A, A plus person. That wasn't me. I really struggled to get my marks. And so I know that if I'm to be intellectually sharp, I have to work at it. And so I have regarding my reading, my study, I have a goal throughout the year that I put before me to keep me sharp. I have regarding, this is all under personal re relationships. Uh, so who is speaking into my life as a person? Who am I connecting with as a network? Who's caring for me personally? Is anybody, has anybody got me on the radar outside of me being the pastor? Uh, who's got me on the radar just as a person? And, and that's really in many ways up to me to make sure I've got something in place. And of course, personally, there's also that spiritual component of my person uh, with, uh, you know, how am I doing with God? And there's a couple of things I've actually written down and, and many of these I've written. One of them is, has to do with my being undercover spiritually. Who am I accountable to? And, uh, and am I accountable or have I defaulted on that accountability? And I need to get back into that accountability. And secondly, is um, being a student of God. And that is through scripture. It is through uh, writings of others, testimonies and different things. And so being a student, so that's personal. So just as an illustration, that's what I've, I've got those things down as personal vision. I think work vision. Uh, have you got a vision for your work? And, and there's a good question. So if you work, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're in the service industry, maybe you're in a blue collar workplace where you are in manufacturing in some type or in sales or wherever it might be, what is your vision in the workplace? Or do you simply let work dictate to you what your days and your weeks and months and years are? And so I have some for my workplace. Uh, they have to do with one of my part, one of my visions for my workplace is to be successful. But that is not in terms of money. That is fully in terms of three things. It's, it's am I trained to do what I need to do. And I discover the workplace constantly changes. So how am I doing? Am I trained? And the other thing with work uh, is I think the ability to reconsider. When I'm going in the wrong direction, am I so arrogant that I can't reconsider and get back on the right direction? And so it's that those checkpoints in my work. Um, Wayne, where are you going that you need to, you're drifting and you need to get into a better place, a better plan. And the third one regarding my successfulness has to do with endurance. Uh, have I quit something that I really felt strong and, you know, it didn't turn out quickly enough for me. It didn't pan out. And so therefore I opted out. 
so there's the success part of my work. Um, the other part of my work is, is I really believe we're all meant to be people of influence and influence in the workplace. You might be a, a clerk. Uh, you might be on a till. Uh, so how are you allowing your work to be an influence to others? And so I, I call it my reach. And so who's in my reach? Uh, and my influencing them? Am I consciously influencing these particular people? And who are they? Uh, and the last part of my workplace is fulfillment. I really do believe it is a long life if you hate what you do for a living, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and there's some people just, they hate it. And so part of my vision for my workplace professionally is, am I enjoying it or have I lost the joy of what I'm doing? Yeah. Uh, is it fulfilling me? And, and I have a few little uh, points I've written for my vision when it comes to fulfillment. Uh, have I ways to get rid of my stress? Am I teachable? And in my particular ministry profession, you know, I'm teaching people. So am, uh, is there a teachableness that is going both ways? Or am I allowing them to teach me? And am I just able to have happy times? Uh, just laugh. Can I laugh at things? Or have I lost the laughability in my workplace? And I'm not referring to laughing at people, which could keep me laughing for a long time, but laughing at myself. And just the crazy things that just happen in life. Uh, and so that's a part of my goal in work. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to look back and say, man, those were the most miserable years of my life. <laughs> home life. So do we have a vision for our home? Or do we just let, let it just, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be and there's nothing I can do about it. I, I honestly don't believe that. I believe we need to have a plan for the home. And so I have a plan for my wife. And that is um, investing in a healthy marriage. So are we communicating more? Are we, am I growing to learn her, to learn of her and be a student more? And I firmly believe that when we got married, we were in love, but as the years go on, we should be more deeply in love. And I firmly believe that love grows out of relationship situations. And so how am I doing on that with my, my vision with my wife? Uh, and then I have to, I have to invest into that. Um, I have, of course, vision domestically for my children, and that is that they would be everything God wants them to be. And it comes down from, you know, Proverbs, where train up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they won't depart. So how am I doing? Because as long as I'm alive, I'm an influencer on their life. So my kids are in their 30s. But how am I able to continue to work towards the goal that they will be everything that God wants them to be in life? And so that's part of a vision strategy. And the third part of my home life is the extended relationships. So just not my wife, my children, but other relationships within that inner circle. Uh, am I, uh, is it positive in those relationships? Are there, is there um, walls, divisions that have risen up that I'm, I'm allowing to remain? Am, are, am I a godly influencer? That type of thing. So home life. I think we need to have a vision for our home. And uh, the last one, of course, is the one we most often talk about is church life, you know, as a pastor. And we have the great vision of the church. But I suggest that that is fulfilled in three ways. And that's what I share with the church. We call it love, grow, and serve. And that is my life vision for the church as well, for, my, for that spiritual component, which is the great commandment. Am I, how am I growing? And how can I measure my growth as a worshiper before my God? And that has to do with 
um, my prayer life, my uh, just my discipline in discipleship or in, in just Bible reading, and also regarding uh, just my music. And that's one of the things that I find is a part of the great commandment. Uh, the great commission is how am I serving others? And the last one, of course, is fruitfulness. Uh, so I measure, am I successful? It's my fruitfulness. It's based on my giftings. Everybody's fruitfulness is going to look different. So my fruitfulness will not look like yours, Pastor Trish. It will not look like the different listeners' fruitfulness because we have to put it up against the measuring strict stick of what is our giftings. Yeah. And therefore, first of all, do we know them? You know, I've used this illustration. If I was to ask the listeners, uh, tell me what your cell phone number is, uh, we could probably ramble that off pretty quick. Or tell me what your email address, we could, we could rip that off real fast. But if I was to ask, okay, tell me your three primary spiritual giftings, all of a sudden there's this massive awkwardness. And yet the reality is, is 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now, our phone numbers and emails won't, won't make a rip of difference. But what we did with our giftings will make all the difference for eternity. So putting, my, putting a measuring line up against my gifts, am I fulfilling them? And how do I know I'm fulfilling them? So can I go back and measure in a year's time what I did a year ago to what I'm doing now? And has it grown? Has it gone off the radar or has it diminished? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, those are the four. So Pastor Trish, yeah. um, I, 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 I don't want you to fall asleep on this. So no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to tell me, uh, where have you I mean, yeah. you and Robert and stuff, where have you enacted some vision for your life? Well, um, you know, I think I've sort of mentioned this to you just inside conversations before, but we pick that one word. So each of us choose a different word. And that word for the next year really does sort of just guide. I use it as sort of the foundation for that year. So my word this year was honor. And when I think about that, I think about, you know, I know this is probably going to shock you as well as some of our listeners who know me well, but I have started exercising because that's part of honor, right? I'm going to honor this body that God has given me to do the things that I do. Like I, everybody knows I don't usually, you know, do exercise. So that's, that's at the beginning of the year, I made that commitment. And so every morning I get up and I do um, like 30 minutes of exercise, just because that's part of my personal goal, like to honor the body, um, honor my kids, you know, sometimes as a parent, I know that sometimes I get this um, sort of, I'm the parent, you're the kid type thing. But just like, how can I find different ways to honor them? How can I find different ways to call out the gifts I see in them, to see them as God sees them? And then Rob, like ways to honor him. So that's how I sort of see it rolling out in my marriage as well. And for professional, it's like, how do I honor those that I work with? How do I have respect for them? How do I, um, you know, and honor is sometimes you know, when I was looking it up, as I was, as I came up with the word as you know, um, it's, it was described as merited favor. So favor that somebody deserves, right? So um, Pastor Wayne, you are my boss, so I have to honor you. But also, I see that as how can I do that in for even people who don't really deserve it, right? How can I see that for as we begin our outreach efforts at church, how can I honor those people who will never step foot in the doors of a church because I am seeing them as Christ sees them, as Christ created them. So yeah, so honor is my, is my sort of one word and that's my guiding light um, for the year. 
And um, that's how I'm going to sort of roll it out in, in those areas and probably more uh, in 2021. And, you know, I think, uh, as you mentioned that, um, I think one of the problems, and we'll probably, you know, we may talk further about this, but one of the problems I think many are challenged with is we have a lot of ideas as we start the year, but they often, we, we hit the bumps and the problems of life and they just, they fall away. And then, and, and, and I don't call these resolutions. I don't think any of these are resolutions. No. These are way bigger than resolutions. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always have the new year resolution. Um, there's a big difference between having a, a purpose and having a plan. A purpose is something you want to do. A plan is how you're going to get there. And I find that it's beneficial. A purpose might be a concept. And again, I believe a purpose is addressing a problem. So we, here's a problem we need to do better and but how's the plan to get there and and here's the cool thing you know visions visions the purpose um oftentimes god gives us that but the plan to get there is going to change and it's going to hit bumps and walls and plans will always change and but don't lose the vision don't lose the the purpose was good the idea was great you mentioned you know um the place of honor and so the idea is great. So my encouragement uh, to listeners is take the time to write it down and then writing it down, put it somewhere. For instance, I just, um, I've got it right on my wall here in the office. Uh, one of the ones I mentioned here that, and, and I look at this, I, I don't know how often, but I look at this periodically, but I, I put it up for me to see it. And, and it's for a reason. If I don't see it, it's off my radar. I tend not to do it. And so I have Wayne Lucas, and I did this. The first week I came here to Cornerstone, because every, every community, I really sense it's a new day. It's a new opportunity. And so um, when I came here, I, I wrote this one down. Uh, Wayne Lucas has been called to give direction, encouragement, admonishments through teaching, preaching, mentoring, training, so that others might rise up to do the work of the ministry. And then I put my mission statement. This is my mission, to lead and equip the people of God into a deeper relationship with the Lord yeah. and to share with the unsaved, how to find real life and true freedom in Christ Jesus. So when I look at that, that's, that's a, somewhat of a purpose and statement. But then when I have these four areas, this is how I'm going to live it out. And so by writing them down and then making it a challenge to just make sure I, I naturally will rotate around these. And, and I even in my calendar will put markers down the road that will call me to attention to see how I'm doing so I can measure it. Because I can get to the end of the year, and this so often happens, you get to the end of the year, then you go back and you look what you wrote the year before, and you go, oh, shoot, man, I forgot all about that. <laughs> and so if you had a little markers down the yeah. road, so, you know, I've noticed this winter, uh, our parking lots, no exception, but I see it in a lot of parking lots, and even in some of the back streets, the small, narrow streets, that the town has put up these little markers, these little fluorescent sticks, they stick in the ground, and they stick up. And the idea is when the snow plows come, they can't see where the curbs are. They can't see how far they're to do their thing. So these markers help them to stay within the parameters. Mm -hmm. and, and I think as Christians, uh, particularly as Christians, we need those kind of markers in our life. So yeah. um, that would be my encouragement. The one step beyond the, you know, it's great to have a plan and a purpose, but just to take those little steps, write it down, and then put it in places that you can check it throughout the, throughout the year. And it will help keep you on track so that you don't get outside. Yeah. No, that's good. So I think that's, uh, that's a 
good way of us to just sort of remember what we're called, what we've pro- chosen to prioritize for the year. So past way, we, you know, we've been talking about doing life in community and doing life together. So part of my accountability is sometimes I would share my goals for the year with a certain group of people to help them hold me accountable because if I keep it in my head then nobody knows what my goal is and um, so to help me keep accountable to that now what happens in the case where someone um, doesn't agree with Mm. with that with my vision with with the goals for the year yeah and you know there's always uh, many times they won't tell you up front, right? You know, they just smile and just say, oh, yeah, sure. You know, you want to honor. Yeah, right. Good luck yeah. with that. Um, and especially when you start to put them in all those different categories, uh, you know, visions, um, life visions are personal. And because they're personal, they're so easy to criticize mm. because mine will be a little different than yours, will be a little different from everybody else's. And so, you know how there's sometimes there's those that think that everybody should be exactly like them. And if they don't see it the same way, then you're wrong and they're right. Um, you know, everyone has their story and that's why they're so easy to criticize. And, and there's also fear, the element of fear, uh, fear. If, um, if, if you were actually able to obtain your vision, uh, there's fear behind it. And this was kind of the story of Nehemiah. As he began to work before to, to meet the vision God had given him, he came up with a pile of criticism. And his criticism, and I've, I've marked it in, that, in the text of Nehemiah because I find they are kind of like everyday kind of criticisms. Um, you know, life visions, for instance, vision for your life, vision for your family, uh, actually attracts criticism. And uh, it, they're like... A, they're like a, a neon light flashing. It's just people want to have input and they will frequently uh, try to derail it. Not necessarily try to derail it. They're going to try to correct you. Uh, You know, life visions are difficult to defend. And I've discovered that it requires faith that cannot be seen or touched. So when I talk about my vision for my children, uh, vision for my workplace, vision for my own personal health, uh, somebody's going to hear that through their filter and they're going to respond to it and they're going to challenge my vision. Uh, and, and it's so hard to defend it because visions have yet to come to pass. And so you, you stumble over words trying to defend often areas of your vision. Uh, words will fail you. Often you feel like your heart motives are being challenged. And how do, you, how do I communicate my heart motives for my family? How do I communicate my heart motive for what I want to do in relationships uh, or even where I want to be spiritually. And I begin to have certain measuring marks and people challenge that or what I want to do professionally. And maybe colleagues of mine disagree with me fundamentally. And it could be family members. Often it's the people closest to us who have the greatest impact to derail our vision. Uh, Life visions often die at the hands of critics. Uh, it's, It's kind of like a pregnancy. Visions are like you're pregnant with something. And uh, people, perhaps well-meaning, can abort your, your baby. And you never do it because, oh, it's silly. You know, you weren't sure you're going to accomplish it anyway. And so you quit. 
uh, or other opportunities will threaten. So you start into it and then another opportunity, you have a change of placement, you know, family grows or someone passes away or, or things change, your employment changes and a new opportunity rises up and you abandon something that never should have been abandoned and, and opportunities can threaten your, your, your vision. Nehemiah, I noticed all those were true, that his vision was something that looked crazy and audacious. Um, he couldn't get the words around it. People threatened him. Uh, they challenged his heart. Those closest to him, his own family came along and challenged him on his vision. Uh, they tried to get him to stop. They tried to put fear and they tried to present him with another opportunity to get him on derailed from where he was going. And those are frequently things that will derail us. Um, so let me give an example of some of the areas that could be criticized. So let's say you're a single woman. You're believing God's got a right man, just that right Christian man for you. Here is where family and friends can try to douse that flame with statements like, well, there aren't guys out there like that, right? You know, like you're wasting your time. You, you've got standards that nobody can meet. And it would be very easy for you to back away from that vision of having a godly Christian man in your life. And one illustration, another illustration, say you're a mom or a dad and you have a home vision, passionate salvation of your daughter. Someone in all likelihood will work hard to try to convince you that kids are different today. You just, you know, just leave them alone. It'll all just work out. And yet you're getting involved in areas to help influence them in a positive godly way. And yet you're being um, advised to, you know, just back away. It's a different day. Uh, it'll all work out. Don't worry about it. And there's people who take that. And so you abandon the vision for your child salvation, passionate salvation. Uh, and so again, just a caution, watch out for that criticism because criticism, you will attract it if you put these plans in place. So, and I think uh, that sort of leads us good to our next point that, um, these criticism can derail, like there are a lot of things that can derail our plans, maybe even unexpected things that might come up in any given year that can throw us off, off, off course. So what advice do you have to stay true to God's vision and the plan for our lives? So, yeah, you know, vision is begin with a concern and they end with action. Mm. Uh, and I usually find I have to leave the timing up with God. Um, so you have time elements, but don't get so caught up in the time element that we um, get sidetracked. And so they begin with a concern, they end with an action. Visions have to have action or else uh, there's, there's no point. Uh, and God will have you serve someone else's vision faithfully before he sends you out on your own. There's a key component. Uh, we have great aspirations and, you know, say professionally, uh, but God will often have you serve someone else, their vision, before he raises you up in a strong position of your vision uh, professionally. And, and likewise, true, as you, be, as you bless those around you, you'll see blessings then fulfill in your family and on and on. You will often have to fulfill others' visions. And the what always precedes the how, uh, which means God is never concerned how. We have to leave that with him. Don't try to get your head around it. It'll just give you headaches. Uh, he'll tell you what to do and you'll look at it. And you'll go, well, how in the world am I going to do that? Well, that's God's part. Yours is step out in faith and do it. And so 
Um, just kind of coming down. So, you know, how do you respond to these things? I, I just go with Nehemiah and Nehemiah, he prayed mm-hmm. and he just brought it before the Lord. You know, it's kind of like a letter. And I've actually done that when sometimes I actually get tangible emails or letters and I just lay them. I put them on my desk or I put them on my lap when I'm at home. And I just ask the Lord, Lord, um, I lay this before you. I don't have the answer for this. And I lay this before you. I pray. And then the second part I'm going to encourage, and Nehemiah did this. Um, he remembered God's faithfulness in the past. And so at times where you wonder where you're going in the future, sometimes you just need to recite what has happened in the past. And if you struggle with what's happened in your own life, just go into the Bible and recite how God has been faithful in the Bible. And then last but not least, um, you may have to revise your plans. And again, I mentioned visions remain the same. Plans rarely remain the same. Plans will always change. And so you've got a purpose. You've got a plan. You're going towards it or, or a vision. Um, God will navigate you as you go into motion. He will redirect your plans and allow him to do that. It's not wrong. It's him perfecting his plan in your life. And so pray, remind Remember the things of God's faithfulness in the past. He is always faithful and he'll be faithful in the future. And then be prepared to allow him to change and to revise your plans. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is um, great. I just love this, that what you said at the start of it. Everybody ends up somewhere, but very few end up there on purpose. So mm. um, just want to encourage as we wrap up our, those who are listening to be one of the few that ends up wherever they end up on purpose. Um, that, you know, to seek God's will and plan and vision for, for their lives. Good. Any, That's true. Any last thoughts, Pastor Wayne, before we wrap up? No, I no? just, uh, I, yeah. Um, uh, everyone just, um, this new year, it's a year of uncertainty and that can cause us to maybe back away. But one thing is certain God is faithful. God is with us. We can, you know, in the year of uncertainty, there's a lot of certainty and the certainty is God is your anchor point. And so um, step out in that, put some plans in place. You say, what's going to change anyway? Not necessarily. Maybe the plans you'll put in place. As a matter of fact, I have the conviction that the things I'm doing in this year of pandemic, or maybe a year and a half or two years, we really don't know. I'm going to look back and they will be areas that either I, I stopped or slowed down in my faith or they propelled me to new heights and new levels. And to be honest, I really believe it'll be the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, intentionally, God is, is propelling us ahead where we might've just been you know, wandering around and taking advantage of all the good times and being distracted with everything. Uh, we don't have to do that now. We've got some, you know, some laser focus before us. And so put the plans in place and watch God fulfill them. If you have no plans, he can't bless them. Right. But if you have those plans in place, Watch him bless those plans and he will. Right. That's awesome. Okay. Well, uh, let's just end. I'll just sort of say a prayer um, as we encourage everyone to seek God's plan. Uh, Father, I thank you for yet another awesome talk where you um, have, through Pastor Wayne, helped us to lay out a plan on how we can seek your vision for our lives in in everything that we do. We just pray for our listeners right now. And as they have, maybe some have already um, put out these plans, God, I just pray that you would bless those um, plans. And for those who haven't yet, I pray that you will reveal to them uh, what your purpose 
is for their lives, why they were created. And I pray that you would help them to develop their vision, their own personal vision and their goals it to be in sync with your purpose for their lives. Uh, in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed our chat today. See you next time.